welcome to this very special bonus episode on the e-commerce podcast. My name is Matt Edmondson and it is great that you are here with us. You're about to hear the recording from a live event we did in early January talking about e-commerce cycles and how to use them to deliver what matters most to your customers. It was a live training. It did have a few technical issues, uh, but hopefully this recording is gonna come out okay. Uh, this is free for you to enjoy uh, and listen to. Uh, it's also on the e-commerce podcast channel on YouTube if you wanna see the slides. It is quite a visual thing as well. Um, and if you want to see those, just head over to the e-commerce podcast YouTube channel, which you can find at uh, youtube.com forward slash e-commerce podcast, or just head over to ecommercepodcast.net and follow the links. So there you go. That's me, enough rambling. Let's get into this live event. Let me know what you think. I'm really curious. Here we go. How to use e-commerce cycles to deliver what matters most to your customers. Uh, my name is Matt Edmondson, uh, and this is delivered by myself and Orient Digital, whose sole mission is to help you deliver e-commerce well. Uh, and so we're gonna look at something called e-commerce cycles, which is gonna help you do just that, to deliver e-commerce well. Uh, but before we get into that, let me give you the guidelines. Number one, say hi in the chat if you're watching this live. Do put in the chat also your e-commerce URL if you have an e-commerce website and if you've got any questions, do let us know what they are. You can also put those in the chat uh, and we will get to them just as quickly as we can. So let's have a quick look at the outline of what we're gonna cover tonight. Uh, we are gonna look at something called the e-commerce framework, which really is the, uh, it underpins, it's the foundations for all that we're gonna go through tonight. Uh, we're then gonna get into something called e-commerce cycles and you're gonna see how they drive uh, your e-commerce business in quite an impressive way. Um, and then we're gonna look at something called sprints, that's part three, which is where we're gonna get into the nitty gritty of how this all works. Part four is gonna be a Q&A. Uh, so I'll, I'll try and answer all of your questions if we can. I'm quite happy to hang around at the end and answer questions. Um, but if you answer questions in the chat uh, uh, as we go along, I will try my best to answer them as well. Uh, so yes, hopefully that all makes sense. So let me, I'm just checking everything's working. If you don't mind, if you are watching this on YouTube, just say hi in the comments, give me a thumbs up, let me know that you can see this and this is all fine and dandy now. Uh, that would be awesome and very much appreciated. Okay, so a little about me. Uh, like I said before, you may have heard my voice. I host the e-commerce podcast. In fact, we're live streaming on the e-commerce podcast channel for YouTube, which is something that we've not done before uh, with this particular channel. Uh, but this is where you'll find me is on the e-commerce podcast channel. Every week we have something called the e-commerce podcast. And I was waxing lyrical that actually we've, I've, I've recently discovered, I say recently in the last 24 hours that we're in the top 10% of podcasts in the world which is very, very good for my ego, not gonna lie, uh, and a brilliant testimony to the amazing team that makes it all work. So, uh, as well as a podcaster, I am an e-commercer, which yes, is a word I have made up. Uh, e-commercer just uh, means someone who practices the art and science of e-commerce. Uh, simply Simone is in the comments saying, hello, hi, good, it's working. Woohoo! yes. 
brilliant. Sadaf is uh, moderating the comments, so she'll be in there saying hi to you. So yes, I am an e-commerce. Yes, it is a word I've made up, and yes, it is a really cool word. Uh, my sites have generated over $75 million in worldwide sales. I'm the CEO of the Orion Group, which is an e-commerce company that through a range of different services, uh, from coaching to done for you e-commerce services, marketing fulfillment uh, helps e-commerce entrepreneurs as well and businesses. Uh, e-commerce clients have got a combined turnover of over 100 million, which is pretty cool. Uh, but I wanna let you know that everything that I'm gonna talk to you tonight about is something that we have tried and tested on ourselves. Uh, I have set up 19 uh, e-commerce businesses. I've either set them up, we've still got them, I've sold them, or they've failed. <laughs> so there's a lot of learning uh, on that. So this is important because if you're listening and you are a startup, uh, you're a, a solo entrepreneur, you're doing this by yourself or a husband and wife or whatever the small team is, I want you to not be scared about the numbers. So I talk about you know hundreds of millions of dollars and I'm gonna talk later on about teams, but I want you to know that this is gonna work for you as well. It's the same methodology, whether you are starting out, uh, whether you're a small uh, e-commerce business or whether you're a hundred million dollar e-commerce business. I use the same methodology when starting up an e-commerce business myself. I use the same methodology when I'm coaching uh, clients and I use the same methodology when I'm cl coaching clients in New Zealand, in the States, in the UK, all over the world. The methodology is the same and that's what we're going to go through tonight. And uh, now we've got over our technical glitch. I'm very excited uh, and um, super excited about what's going to happen. And I want you to know, like I said, this has not been plain sailing. Uh, the stuff that we're gonna talk about has been born, I think, more out of our mistakes than anything else. Um, I've made some pretty significant mistakes, which I'm gonna talk about in just a little bit. Basically not following the methodology, and I reckon that's gonna have cost me around 38 million, but we'll talk more about that later. Uh, I'm also a husband and a dad, but the most important thing for tonight is that I am part of a team of e-commerces, an amazing team. Uh, everything that I'm gonna share comes from our journey in e-commerce, both as a coach and someone that knows what it's like to stand there and pick and pack products and ship them all over the world. Uh, I did highlight um, this beautiful lady here. This is Sadaf. She's moderating the comments if you're watching live. So sorry, Sadaf, that just didn't appear when we restart the whole presentation. It's still there. So. There you go. Now, having been in e-commerce since 2002 and working with companies from around the globe, we discovered a very definite framework that delivers e-commerce wow. So I wanna dig into this framework, the stuff that we have learned. Now, there are seven distinct cogs to the framework, all of which need to turn to build a profitable digital business. And it's important to understand each of these seven areas. Otherwise, um, the problem is, as I discovered, uh, you can easily become siloed into just one or two areas of e-commerce, especially if you are good at that area. And you also have to watch out that we don't get siloed into what worked last year whilst we watch our competitors do e-commerce in a new and better way. So let's dig into these seven areas. The first area um, I call sell, uh, and this uh, 
is, well, e-commerce fundamentally starts with products that you sell, right? Uh, and it's my role to make sure that I have products on my website that people actually want to buy. I appreciate this sounds like a very simple principle, but you will be amazed how many people fail at this first hurdle and throw any old thing on their website and wonder why no one buys it. So I need to make sure that people actually want to buy my products. As we've written here, we need to curate high demand products, whether these are our hero products, cross sells, upsells, whatever it is. Uh, so I need to spend some time researching and curating these products. I then move around the framework to number two, uh, which is where we look at story. And this is about understanding the customer and it's about understanding us. And so this part of the framework, if I'm honest with you, this is the part of the framework that is going to help you defeat the likes of, say, Amazon, the big old giants, and forgive my rather tatty handwriting, <laughs> uh, because they in effect are a website which just sells commodities, thousands of commodities. Where you can differentiate is with the story uh, on there. So here we need to think about two areas. We need to think about our story as a business, our values, why we're here, why we exist. But we also need to think about the customer's story as well. What's important to them? You know, how do they feel? Where are they hanging out? What kind of things are important to them? What motivates them? And so on and so forth. And the magic happens for us in e-commerce when we find that overlap between our story and the customer's story. Where those two things overlap, well, that's where the magic happens. So uh, here, for example, we talk about branding. So where our story and the customer story overlaps, this is in effect branding, okay? And so um, this is important because I love this quote from Maury Mwangi, who's been on the um, podcast. And it's very simply this, right? Branding is why people buy you, yeah? Marketing is how people find you. Branding is why people buy you. Marketing is how people find you. And so when we get that crossover between our story and the customer story, we know and understand why people buy from us. So that story, and it's important to spend some time on it and understanding those two aspects and where the overlap are. So we've just worked through this actually. Um, I, in the last couple of weeks, I've been doing this exercise because we've been doing it in something called cohort, which I'll explain later on. Um, and uh, working through that for one of my own econ businesses and discovered actually some changes to our customer's story. So I'm glad that I worked through this because that's going to have an impact on our website and on our marketing, on our, on our marketing, on our marketing and messaging going forward this year. So really critical to get ahead around story and understand that and understand that customer story evolves and moves as ours does. So we need to keep coming back to it. Once we have story uh, and product, uh, we can then move on to the tech stack. Now, if you are just starting out in e-commerce, it's really tempting to work on the website first, right? It's shiny, it's easy. We go to Shopify, we pay our 20 bucks or whatever it is, and we get our website set up. But for me, website is third on the list. Why? Well, because the product you see should dictate how the website should work. The crossover of your story and customer story should drive your decisions surrounding the tech that 
you use, right? For example, if we think about something like website UX, um, you have to think of this as space between your story and the customer story and UX has to operate in there. Okay, uh, and that's how we start to approach this topic. But our tech stack is obviously more than that. It's more than just our website or our e-commerce platform. It's also what ERP we use, what CMS we use, the tech we use for email, the tech we use for the warehouse systems. There's a lot to think about and they all have to connect and work together. They all have to be adaptable so it grows with us as our business grows and as our customer stories evolve, our tech needs to change. Okay, so this is the third area of the framework. We need to think long and hard about the tech stack. Once we've done that, we can then move into the very sexy topic of marketing, which is everyone's favorite, isn't it? It's everyone's favorite topic. And it's the one area that we consistently, I think as e-commerce entrepreneurs uh, and business owners, we are constantly looking for that next silver bullet in marketing, aren't we? Is it TikTok ads at the moment? What about Pinterest? Should I do reels? How good is my email marketing? There are lots of questions here to think about, right? Now, I appreciate this is a whistle-stop tour through the framework. Like I say, getting our heads around this is really going to help us underpin what we talk about in cycles. So let me give you another whistle-stop tour. Uh, specifically, there are eight areas in marketing to look at, okay? And these are the eight areas of marketing that I think we should think about. Some of them are going to be kind of obvious. Some of them maybe not so obvious. So for our businesses, some of them will make more sense than for others. Like my business maybe has slightly different marketing requirements than yours, okay? So the eight areas are, because I'm sure you're curious, uh, we have search, which is all about SEO. We have content marketing. Uh, we have referral marketing, email marketing. We have our paid media. We have mobile marketing social media, of course, and then we bring all of that together uh, and is monitored uh, with feedback and with metrics. And so these are the eight areas that I'm really, really interested in. But we're not going to get into those in this webinar because, you know, we all want to go to bed at some reasonable hour and that was going to take a very long time to go through them. Uh, but it is worth understanding what they are and what they mean for our business. And so for us uh, in e-commerce, regardless of where we're at, marketing is super, super important. And we have to think about it in these areas. So we then move around to area number five, which is optimized. So we optimize your tech stack for different customer journeys. So we understand that customers come into our website, they're all on different types of journeys, aren't they? And, um, and our website has to work for each one of them. Okay, so we figured out in effect what we're selling. We've figured out why people are gonna buy it from us with story. We've got our tech all in order. The website is beautiful. And thanks to marketing, we've got traffic that is coming to our website that will buy from us. So, so far, so good. Now, we want to make sure that our website converts as many visitors as possible, which is what this section is all about, right? So whether they're buying products, which is one customer journey, uh, and maybe our main call to action, but also maybe uh, getting the email addresses uh, so we can on-ramp people, which would be our secondary call to action. You know, the second reason our website exists, usually in e-commerce, is to get someone's email address so you can on-ramp them and you can help educate them. So that is optimization. So how do we do that? What are the tactics and things we need to put into place? Uh, 
We then move around to experience, which for me, if I'm honest, is one of the most overlooked areas of e-commerce amongst online businesses. This is about what happens after a visitor to our website has purchased from us. Uh, it's our order thanks page, it's our email sequences, it's how we pick, it's how we pack, it's how we ship, it's how we do customer service. And one of the things that we become uh, that we became known for with Jersey uh, was um, our owning experience. So Jersey was a beauty company, or still is a beauty company. I just don't own it anymore. It's something that we sell. Um, so Jersey is a beauty company, and we understood that most of our customers viewed their purchase as a gift. It was kind of like a treat for themselves, and so. When we understood that, we changed how we shipped our parcels. In other words, we changed our opening experience. Uh, so here's what we did, right? Um, we added an extra layer of cardboard, which has an affirming message on it for the, for the person opening. You read that message, talks about happy, remarkable you, and we talked about how that person was a happy, remarkable person. So it's quite a life-affirming thing. And you felt, because you had that extra cardboard, you felt like, you were unwrapping something to further add to that feeling. So uh, we wanted to enhance it even further. So what we did was we added some tissue paper. Oh yes, which you can also uh, unwrap. And then we swapped out the plastic uh, fillers for popcorn, which was way more sustainable and way more fun. And when we started to do that, something remarkable happened. Uh, customers started to post images uh, on social media about our packaging. They'd never done this beforehand. And it's when we started to understand that experience really, really matters, that our repeat purchase rate shot through the roof and went way above industry standards. So it's a great thing to focus on experience. Like I say, the most overlooked area for most e-commerce entrepreneurs. Okay, back to the framework. So. Once we have won a customer and send them our products in a way that gets them amazed by the customer experience uh, we have created, we then want to spend time thinking about how we build growth. We move from selling once to selling many times. So what's our plan and strategy for moving customers uh, along this path here? How do we get them from being a customer to a repeat customer to a referring customer so that the value to our business uh, increases exponentially. So that's the framework, a whistle stop tour, like I say. Now, there are, when you look at it, you kind of go, well, that's straightforward, Matt. And I'm like, yeah, none of this is rocket science, but it's good to put this into practice because you can look at each of those seven areas and go, which areas do I need to work on in my business? Now, there are areas that aren't covered by the framework, the obvious one for me being operations. Um, so we don't have something in there about HR or finance, for example, um, but these are what I would call standard business practices, whereas the framework covers key areas related to e-commerce, right? And we know that there are these seven elements that all make sense for an e-commerce business that we have to think about, seven areas that all have to work together. They all have to coexist. They have to be in harmony. So how do you avoid perhaps the mistakes that I made when you only focus on areas uh, that interest you, uh, for example, and you start to get siloed. 
And when I when I looked at my or when I look at my business, uh, not my business now, but my business at the time when I started making these mistakes and these discoveries, this is what my business actually looked like. Now, at the time, we were turning over around seven million a year. And we were well on our way to hit the sort of the 10 million goal. Um, that's what we wanted to do. And we, we reckoned we would have got there in about uh, 18 to 24 months. We were growing at around 20 to 25% a year at the time. Um, and we were doing super, super well. And then, so if you plotted our turnover, it was going up, which was great. And then something happened and it just went wallop. <laughs> it went down, which was not great. Almost overnight, I lost, oh, I almost lost everything. I didn't lose everything. So the question is why? What happened here? What was this turning point for me? Well, if I'm honest, it's because one of our suppliers at the, at the time decided to change their pricing policy. And they instituted a policy which says, the more you buy, the more you pay. That's right, that's what I said. The more you buy, the more you pay, which I appreciate doesn't make a whole great deal of sense. But several years later, I can look back on that point. And yes, I can blame the supplier. And yes, I, I think there's probably some dubious form of something going on there that I'm not quite sure is right, moral or ethical. Uh, but, I, but I also have to look at that and go, what can I own? Especially, like I say, when I map out uh, how well I was doing in each of these areas, okay? So let me just clear that off. There we go. I'm sure there's a quick way to do this. <laughs> it's pressing undo all the time. Uh, so um, let me explain to you what happened to us as a business. So number one, so when I look at cell here, oops, Daisy. So when I look at cell, uh, which is right here, we had a huge supplier issue okay, that I didn't mitigate for. And whilst I can blame them, a whole bunch of that was also on me. It just has to be, right? Um, I can look at a story and actually we were doing okay here. I'd say we're about 75% effective. Um, we were learning here, we were growing here, we were having some fun here and it's having quite a big impact uh, on our marketing and customer service. If I think about tech stack, our tech was good. We had an in-house development team, but the problem I had, and the reason I'd score it low was the team was very small. And in fact, um, whilst we had issues with our supplier, I could just as easily had issues with our tech team. And it was too small and there was too much concentrated uh, in just one person, which was problematic for us. Marketing. I'd say this is where we got siloed pretty much. We were really good at this, especially email marketing and Google ads. And we focused a lot of time and energy on that. And we neglected some of the other areas here of our business to our detriment, especially uh, our suppliers. Um, we've got optimization. Uh, to be fair, we didn't really do a whole great deal there. We had a small tech team. And so uh, we did little bits, but not lots. Um, if I move around to, to experience, our customer service was definitely getting better, but our overall experience, well, that still needed a lot of work, let me tell you. And then growth, um, like I say, we'd just come back off one of our best years ever when we almost lost everything. So we were growing. Um, so it wasn't that we were bad at everything. We were great at one or two things and we were mediocre at one or two things. And then there were some areas which we neglected. And like I say, for me, I reckon that's a, that's a 38 million loss in revenue. 
uh, and so I would I would I call the framework my 38 million uh, lesson 38 million pound lesson because you know why not uh, it's good to learn something from it right so I, I like this image here I was like the guy going to the gym and not exercising my whole body but just one or two points that I liked uh, and so uh, <laughs> Uh, actually, I found this picture and uh, it does look like he's overdeveloped his arms. This is not actually an, an excess bodybuilder. This was uh, due to a surgery. But you get the point that I'm trying to make. If all I do when I go to the gym is work on my arms, uh, it's not going to be great, is it? So um, actually what I need to do is work on my whole well-being, my whole body. So this is where uh, e-commerce cycles comes in and uh, we can enjoy that. So we found that actually in our own business and that with coaching, uh, we can look at the framework, right? We can look at those seven areas and we can use that as guideposts to say, where is my business lacking, right? What, what do I actually need to work on? The problem is when we did that and we created beautiful documents and saying, right, for uh, customer service, we think there's opportunity here, here, and here. And for uh, tech stack, we think there's opportunities here, here, and here, right? And we put those out. But we noticed that if there was no um, methodology for implementation, well, nothing really got done. And all the clients had achieved was a really beautiful document of stuff that they probably should do. But there had to be this methodology of implementation. And this took us a little while to figure out. And this is where um, cycles really helps us, okay? Because it's cycles that turn all the cogs for us, that turns our business and keeps them growing. It's what stops us from getting siloed just like I did, okay? So let's look at how these work. So what we do is we take each area of the framework and we put that in a system that gets us to methodically work on each of these areas, okay? So Cycles works on the idea that once a month you're gonna hit a core topic and you focus the entire month on that one topic. And what you do is you hit that topic with a series of sprints, okay? I'm gonna explain all of this as we go along. Uh, so each cycle is made up of six sprints. Each e-commerce cycle is made up of six sprints and each sprint lasts for a month. So you in effect get two e-commerce cycles a year. Like I said, let's go through this because I don't want you to get baffled by the maths. So sprint number one, the first month of our cycle. we I call it core, okay? And during the core sprint, uh, in one cycle we look at sell, which is we're gonna look at our products, we're gonna examine what it is that we sell, is it in demand, what is demand shifting, what kind of upsells can I add, what products do I need to lose, what products do I need to go and get, and so on and so forth. So I'm gonna focus on sell and products. Um, and then in the next cycle, so six months later, I'm not gonna focus on sell in the course sprint, I'm gonna focus on story and look at branding. And I'm gonna look at my story, has that changed and evolved? Has the customer story changed and evolved? And like I say, we've just been doing this um, this month for, uh, for ourselves. And yes, some of our customer stories have changed. So very useful exercise. Sprint two, so we now move on to month number two, looks at experience. So sprint two focuses in on the customer experience. Sprint three focuses in on marketing. And for the keen eye amongst you, that says marketing part one. Yes, it does. We'll come to part two in just a minute. Uh, 
Uh, Sprint 4 we call a website. So similar to Sprint 1 where um, in one cycle we'll cover one topic and in one cycle we'll cover another. Same here. So in one cycle we look specifically at our tech stack uh, and we ask all kinds of questions around that. And then in cycle two we deep dive into optimization. Okay. So that's sprint four. Sprint five is our growth sprint, super, super critical. And then sprint six is our marketing part two. Uh, as And the reason we've put two marketing sprints in each cycle is simply because marketing is is super important. It's uh, And we, we love it for a reason because it drives traffic to our website and it becomes part of the life's blood. So we do like to look at marketing on a regular basis. What's working, what's not working, what do we need to change, what do we need to update and so on and so forth. So that is e-commerce cycles in effect with the six sprints, okay? And what cycles does is it forces you to think um, deeper about a topic and ask questions, deep questions about a topic. Uh, and so one of the things that it needs to do, one of the things that Cycles needs to fulfill, in my opinion, as you can see on the screen, is that it needs to be lightweight, okay? Because let's be real, you are going to have to carry on the everyday, right? So you're running your e-commerce business and you have got to pick and pack the orders. You've got to, you know, set out the Facebook ads. You've got to write the emails. You've got to prepare the blog posts or whatever it is that you do on your e-commerce business to get the photography sorted out. So your day-to-day -day has to carry on and we're still going to work through that. So what we don't want to do is just say, well, I only ever do marketing in months um, three and six of the year, because that's not what we're saying at all. You do marketing all the time. What you're doing in the cycles is you're deep diving in a topic and examining it in relation to your business on top of your day-to-day, -day, which is why it's really, really important that these things become lightweight, because the last thing that we want to do uh, with anything is create more overwhelm. I mean, <laughs> it's bad enough as it is, right? So we definitely do not want to create anything that is onerous uh, for you as a business owner. It's got to work. It's got to work for me. It's got to work for our team. It's got to work for our coaching clients. It just has to work. So we need cycles to be lightweight. Okay, so let's break it down a little bit, shall we? Uh, so if you look at the 12 months, um, the sprint timelines, it kind of looks like this where you have 12 sprints per year over two e-commerce cycles uh, and you look at all the areas of the framework during that 12 month period. So there's not one area that will be neglected and you spend more time on the areas where it makes sense to spend more time. Like I said, for example, marketing or experience and growth, you're going to spend more time in those areas. So. How do sprints work then? So we know that we're going to cover marketing part one. What does sprints look like for that? So let's get into sprints and let's look at how we break those down. Because again, it's all very straightforward stuff. It's just keeping us moving, keeping our business moving and helping us to learn and to grow and to develop uh, in e-commerce and bring it all bring it all to this amazing new height that we want to get to, right? So sprints, let's look at this. Week one. Uh, we call discovery. Uh, 
And here what we wanna do is we want to do something like an expert workshop. They work super well in week one, right? And what it is, it's focused around a key topic that is connected to your sprint. So if I stick with marketing, for example, I'm not gonna do a workshop about marketing. I am gonna take one specific area of marketing that makes sense for us as a business, right? For example, email marketing, and maybe I'll niche that down even further, and let's maybe call it sequences, and you could niche that down even further and say, let's talk about welcome sequences or onboarding sequences, right? So we wanna go and learn about email sequences. So it should be focused, like I say, around one key topic that makes sense for your business and where you are at. My top tip, make sure it's not just the stuff that you're good at or the stuff that you like, but it's it's learning around the stuff that you need to become good at, okay? So week one is the discovery, it's the workshop, it's learning, it's immersive, it's like I need extra information, I need something uh, to teach me, right? Week number two, we call try, which is basically it's all about planning. And here we're gonna take the stuff that we have learned from leak, uh, leak one, <laughs> <laughs> the stuff that we have learned from week one and understand what that means for us as a business, right? And you can do this as a team or as yourself, but you're basically saying, right, uh, let's take email sequences as an example. You, you've, you've done the workshop, you've got some great points. You wanna let that sort of sit in the back of your head for a little while. And so for week two in the second um, in the second week, we wanna to come together and we wanna go, what does this mean for us as a business? How do we apply this? What lessons should we apply to our own business? What things should we try? What things should we put in place, right? And so um, this is a worksheet that we go through and you can either do this as um, a team, so if you work within a team, an e-commerce team, I highly recommend you do this uh, as a team um, because you'll, you'll find it's, uh, it's much more effective to do it as a team. But if you're a solopreneur uh, or, or you're you know, an entrepreneur just starting out, you can do this as yourself. You don't, you don't need a team, you can, you can work on this as yourself. And like I say, this is the worksheet that we use. Um, feel free to, to use it, to copy it. If you'd like a copy of it, just let me know. Um, it's the worksheet that uh, we've developed over time and it helps us create a simple action plan with a simple task list right, uh, where we detail outcomes and each outcome we understand what assets uh, and actions need to have, what assets we need, what actions we need to take to create that outcome. And also what kind of pitfalls we might encounter on the way. And if we do, what kind of pivots we need to take. And so this is basically over here. This is all the information we're gonna put in here. And we're gonna create some um, tasks for us to do. Yes, we are. So we just, all our learning goes over here as we watch the workshop, things that we kind of learn and recognize. This then helps us create um, our task list on this side. Uh, and we then classify those tasks. You can classify them in how, whatever works for you, right? I kind of like the uh, high priority, uh, like let's get a let's get a Scooby Doo groove on. Let's work on this now, um, and then we have sort of uh, next. So stuff we definitely need to work on next, and then we have the um, backlog, uh, which we uh, work on. Right. So I kind of like how that works for us. Again, whatever works for you as a business, you're going to classify them. 
So here's a picture of my beautiful self uh, putting post-it notes on the glass, which is what we do. We take every task uh, and we put it on post-it notes because, you know, we all like things to be analog. We all like pretty colors and post-it notes are easy to move along. Uh, but you can use, like I say, whatever system makes sense for you. Okay, so do use it. Now, week three is all about learning and feedback. So it's important to touch base and review what you've learned so far. Okay, so if I go back to this worksheet here, like I say, this is a sort of discovery over here. This is what we're gonna try over here. These are our action points, our tasks. And then in this section here, uh, we talk about learning. And the reason we've drawn it out like this is that it's actually like you see here, there's a, there's a cycle. So you discover something, you try something, you learn something from that. And what that's probably gonna do if you do it right is give you a whole bunch of new discoveries, uh, which you can then, and you can keep going around uh, until you've exhausted it, okay. Now, I think again, you would do this as a team. You would, if you have a team, you would work together through this as a team, you would plan that document together, okay. Week four then is all about implementation, i.e. just get on with it, guys. And if you've got a five week month, you've got two weeks to implement, which is a beautiful thing. Yes, it is. So uh, that's how the system works, okay? So that's the principle. Let's dig into how we can make this actually work for ourselves. Because I want to give, this is all great, but let's get something practical going on, okay? So. Just uh, recap what's going on here. We have our sprints that we do. I'm sorry. We have our weekly tasks, which we do. Uh, we have stuff that is going on every week. Okay. Uh, that drives our cycles, which in turn drives our framework. So our weekly activities drives our cycles, which drives our framework, which drives our business and helps our business grow. Okay. So here's what we've learned. Workshops should be about 45 to 60 minutes long and they should be delivered by an expert, right? So the question you've got to ask yourself is who is going to deliver that workshop? Can anyone from our team deliver it? So if you're working in a team, uh, maybe your head of marketing does the marketing sprints and they focus on delivering workshops around specific topics that the team needs to grow in. You're gonna do this with your whole team uh, and so uh, that's important because the team needs to feel like it's growing and developing. Um, and here's the tip, right? So do I get my um, tech guys involved in a marketing conversation? Yes, you do. Uh, because it's important that there's the crossover, right? That happens between marketing and tech. They don't often get together, but they probably should. So um, I think you do this as a collective team, something you do as a whole company. Um, if you're a startup or solopreneur, um, where can you get expert help from to grow and to learn? Well, subscribe to the e-commerce podcast because there's some great stuff on there. Uh, but we also have something, like I say, called Cohort. I've mentioned this before. Um, and Cohort is great. So you can do this yourself uh, or within a team. Um, but my experience is that it just won't happen. In fact, it's, if you're a solopreneur, it's hard because you're, you don't know where to go. If you're in a team and you're working, everything's too busy and you, you haven't got time to create the workshop. So it doesn't matter again where you are on the journey, our experiences, whilst the workshops are great, they just don't get 
done. And this is why we've developed a new program called the e-commerce cohort, uh, and that delivers the expert workshops for you. Now this year, and cohorts are fairly new uh, setup. And this year we have experts from all over the world joining us to deliver these expert workshops. People that I know that I'm connected with uh, in the e-commerce industry, some amazing people that I cannot wait to hear their workshops, honestly. Uh, and you can, like I say, either do them with your team if you work in a team, or you can do them by themselves, by yourself if you're working in a smaller group. The workshops are gonna be insanely practical and full of application. Whether they're from cohort or whether you're doing them yourself, they have to be practical and they have to be full of application. Um, uh, so I think cohort's definitely worth considering if you're in e-commerce, okay? So have your workshop, have your learning. Week two, we're gonna ask clarifying questions. Now, how do you know what tasks to do, right? So you've done your learning, you've got your notes on email sequences or whatever it is your topic is all about. How do you know what to do, right? How do you choose out of those tasks? And I think there are two clarifying questions which uh, I've been using really effectively, especially recently. And so I'm loving these at the moment. Uh, my, my questions change over time, depending on what's going on. But these are the questions I ask at the moment. Feel free to steal them uh, or feel free to substitute with your favorite questions. Uh, and so my two favorite questions are, does this move the needle between where I am and where I want to be? And the second question is, can I consistently hit an eight out of 10 doing this? So if I take this question here, if this is where I am and this is where I want to be and there's a needle which says, oh, you're about there, how do I move that needle around there? So does that task help me move the needle? If the answer is no, I'm not gonna do it, right? If the answer is yes, I'm then gonna ask my second question and that is, can I hit um, eight out of 10? I don't need to have perfection, but I do wanna hit consistency and I wanna consistently hit eight out of 10. Eight out of 10 is really good. It's, it's not unattainable because it's not 10 out of 10. I'm not striving for perfection every time. But if I can consistently hit an eight out of 10 doing this, I think it's a great thing. So for example, you hear about social media marketing and someone's talking about Instagram reels and you kind of go, that's awesome. Does that help me move the needle? Well, we don't know, probably. Uh, if we're trying to grow our organic reach? Well, okay, yes or no. I mean, we can th dig into that a little bit more, but let's assume it does. Does that move the needle, yes or no? The question you've then got to ask yourself is, can I consistently do this? Can I consistently hit an eight out of 10 doing Instagram Reels? If the answer is no, then I would avoid it. Or you go, well, the answer is no. Do I need to throw some resource into do it? Is it so important I need to put resource into it so I can hit that eight out of 10? Right. So there, um, your clarifying questions. This whole session, um, by the way, should probably last about thirty to forty minutes maximum, depending on how many is in your team. Each team member should only have like three or four tasks, so they can present their um, worksheets, go through, and you'll quickly realise what the common themes are uh, and what you can decide as a group. Um, but again, thirty to forty minutes. We want to keep it lightweight. Okay. Again, cohort um, can help you here. We do a coaching session in week two on cohort that you can join in with. Again, either join in with your team uh, or you can join in uh, individually. 
makes no difference really. Um, but there, there is that coaching session. And we also have something called Cohort Plus. Uh, and this is where Orion does the coaching sessions with you and your team, usually over Zoom, uh, and they last about 60 to 90 minutes. So what you're doing here is with Cohort Plus is you're bringing in the outside expertise and guidance that you need to your planning. And this works really, really well because you've got the expert workshops of the cohort um, and you've got some outside guidance on the coaching and direction. Love that, works like treats, right? So, uh, learn and feedback, week number three. Let me, let me explain to you. This is so important. This is such an important part and it's easy, I think, to skip it because why do I want to come together and just chat through what we've learned and get some feedback? And so um, don't skip it. Do it the same team that did week two where you put together your um, action list uh, and and don't skip it. Work through it, right? Really, really important um, to get that feedback, to get that learning, to create this constant cycle. Otherwise, you become busy fools. Um, I think one of the things that I've notice sort of uh, in my time in e-commerce, which is about 20 odd years, is you're, you you tend to know quite quickly if something's going to work for you. So if as a team you've decided to try something in the area of, say, email sequences, within the first week, not every time, but quite often, you're going to know whether this is worth carrying on or whether it's worth stopping or whether you need to change and iterate and move direction slightly. And so it's always good to have that feedback session about a week after the initial this is our task list try session to get that feedback. Um, otherwise people lose momentum, they forget about what they're doing and it all gets a bit messy, if I'm honest with you. So definitely do that, uh, don't neglect it. Uh, again, with cohorts, um, we have feedback sessions. You can actually, we have Q and A's, so you can send in all of your questions, you can have your, um, all that sort of stuff you can send in and we would quite happily uh, quite happily look at that, answer the questions and get involved with you, give some feedback, etc, etc. Um, so that's a great feature. Uh, I really like that feature. Week four, implement. And again, with cohorts, um, you have the ability to submit your work. So if you're doing something around sequences, why not post that to the community and get some peer feedback? Uh, and we'd love to feedback on it as well, just to let you know what we think. So uh, that's uh, one of the beautiful things about cohort is the team. And certainly as it grows and develops um, and more and more people join, we'll then start to add in um, more and more peer groups uh, where there's like four to six of you. Anyway, more information on that another day. I won't bore you with it now. So if you are interested in cohort, let me tell you, there's a seven day free trial offer at the moment. You can, uh, I say free trial, it's not actually free. Um, it costs a dollar. Uh, or a pound, so it's practically free. Um, and then it's either 47 pounds if you're in the UK or 57 US dollars if you're outside to be a member. You can find more information at ecommercecohort.com. And like I say, if you're in e-commerce, I would strongly recommend you have a look at that. If Cohort Plus is something of interest to you, then that currently is 550 pounds per month, which includes um, spaces for five team members on Cohort. We don't have many spaces available left for Cohort Plus. There seems to have been a mad influx at the start of the year for Cohort Plus, which is a beautiful thing from my point of view, um, but it does mean we have limited spaces. And that's not just me using psychology to try and get, 
<laughs> it really is genuinely what's going on. Um, so if you want to know about either of those things, uh, we would love to talk to you. But like I say, it's not essential. You can run the cycles yourself without too much drama. So there you go. That was our live presentation. If you've made it this far, well done. Uh, thank you for sticking with us. As I said at the start, if you would like to watch this uh, on YouTube, it's available currently on our YouTube site. It will be taken down at some point. I have no doubt, both from the podcast and from YouTube. So check it out soon if you want to view the slides. Um, and also, you know, just follow the links as usual if you want to get in touch with us and have any questions about it. So that's it from this very special bonus episode. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, make sure if you haven't done so already, you are subscribed to our podcast uh, as it is growing and it's great that so many people are joining us. Thanks for being with us. Have a fantastic day wherever you are in the world. I'll see you next time. Bye for now. <laughs>